Welcome to the Candid Conversation Show. I'm your host, Marilyn Fontaine, artist and creative coach for women who want success and income with ease. Hi, and welcome to the Candid Conversations podcast. This is Marilyn Fontaine, MJ Fontaine. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the ugly duckling syndrome. I'm going to come back to that in a minute, but before, um, I just want to let you know that this is also, this podcast is also going to be on YouTube and on my Patreon. Yes, I've got Patreon, which I'll explain in, in a minute. And um, so you can actually watch it as well as being on all the podcast platforms. I just want to recap from last week. And for those of you that listen to the podcast, my clients, um, and people on the mailing list who fed back um, to me that how you found it so helpful when I spoke about um, not hitting my goals and changing the business to incorporate more art. As you can see, I'm behind my art is behind me to incorporate back to my, you know, to pivot and to focus or to refocus onto my art as well as my coaching and one of my clients, I just want to say to Mallory, I know you listen to this, well done. Um, she's just completed the highly creative coaching program with me. And, oh, my God, this woman has gone from strength to strength. The thing she's achieved in three months of us working together, it's just been phenomenal. But I really like to listen to my clients and all of you that have got suggestions of how I can improve the business and serve you better. And one thing she said to me, which really stuck with me, um, is, you know, they want, she wants to see me as Marilyn, an artist, as well as the coach. And, you know, in my last podcast, I am an artist. And, um, when I and, and we were talking about, you know, the artistic conversation and, Coaching and art, they work together. Like me working with people work together. They feed each other. But when I'm not painting, there's no conversation that is happening between the two mediums. This, this is what Mallory said. And I believe, I really, really um, believe that, I believe, I really, really believe um, that my my coaching, I believe that my coaching is a medium, is another medium that I work with. And so not being able to paint and just concentrating on my coaching business was never something I wanted to do. It's never something I wanted to plan to do. I always wanted to incorporate both of them and not doing that has had a big impact on my business. And I had to get out of this, this hamster wheel. I've got to show up. I've got to show up on social media and post when I needed to be painting. And I kept getting this guidance, these downloads every morning, every day. Like, what should I do to bring people into my container, my coaching container? And the message was back, you need to paint. And it's been so powerful. And the screen is flickering. One of my clients used to say, whenever the screen flickers, it's spirit. And to me, that was really important that I 
return back to this work because this work is sacred as well as my coaching work is sacred but this work is sacred this is why I'm here to to use both as a tool to give feedback and to take feedback and to collaborate with people on their journey and so it's, it's just been such a powerful time for me to be able to drop back into that and so I really wanted to just say thank you to those of you who are part of my community and are watching my journey. And, you know, as a Leo woman, Scorpio moon and Pisces, no, Scorpio, Mars, Pisces moon, it's not easy for me to be vulnerable. It's easy for me to be transparent. It's easy for me to be um honest and truthful but it's not easy for me to be vulnerable all the time and I had to share that because I believe in the work I do I believe in my ability to make money I believe in my ability to make money from doing what I love but there's always blocks that we have to go through and I just felt that it was really important that I shared that I didn't meet my revenue goals last year but I still did incredibly well so much so that I could take breaks. Um, and the times when I felt stress over money was when I wasn't connected to my art. Flickering, you see that? It's just, it's literally spirit, it's just clicking its fingers. Um, so I just want to thank you for accepting my honesty and my truth because it means so much to me. Um, so today we're talking about the black sheep, the ugly duckling syndrome, um, and procrastination. I'm going to entitle this the ugly duckling syndrome. And the reason why I say ugly duckling because um, I want to. I've taken a name from the book "Women Who Run with the Wolves" from Dr. Clarissa Pinkola Estes, and she I hope I said her name right. And she speaks about the ugly duckling and how the ugly duckling, how related to our journey when we are born into a community or a family where we don't fit in and we, we feel less than and we don't feel good enough and we feel different, but we can't help being different. And we search, we have an isolation. It's very similar to the hero's journey, but we, we feel isolated and we go through life being laughed at, trying to fit in, trying to go into spaces and not feeling that we are enough, not feeling our coat, our armor, our creativity in how we present ourselves into the world. Um, we, we feel that we don't, our life is going to be a life of ridicule. So when we do have achievements, we don't want to share that because all we think about stepping out into the world and sharing who we are brings us pain, gives us ridicule. And as I say it, I get a feeling in my heart space of sadness because I think about the times when I never felt I fitted in. And finding my rhythm, finding who I am, 
from 37, no, 33 it started when I decided to leave my job. See that podcast, Diary of an Urban Healer, and I speak about that. And I leave my nine to five, and it's nothing about nine to five. Okay, I retract that. I need my, I leave my office job because I didn't feel seen. And in doing beauty therapy and being accepted into the world of beauty therapy, spirituality, I started to massage and see clients. Feeling seen had such an effect on me. And I remember when I was teaching, I did a teaching course and I was doing the teaching course at City Lit and a woman had to come and observe me. And she said, you are a natural. I felt like that duck that when it met that swan and it said, you belong here. This is where you belong, helping other people. I found myself home. Hey, don't get me, don't get me wrong. There was times when I felt lost again, even recently, but that, that capability of who I am stayed with me and the acceptance of me being part of a swan nation um, really, really um, helped me. But the feeling of melancholy and sadness is that feeling of when we feel disconnected and we live in a society that doesn't honor difference and it's biological in nature as well as social because difference is is it can affect our ability to survive it's you know it's part of our survival instinct but our spiritual instinct know we're all connected and so the sadness is when I see people and they don't realize it's the empathy I feel when I'm with clients and they, they're not aware of the fact that this has impacted them. And this podcast, this episode has been inspired by a session I had with a client and it was so powerful because this client had so much achievements and she didn't share them with the world. And it was off the back of being ridiculed for her gifts and her ability to inspire others just by what she wore. And that session was so reminiscent of so many people I know that I felt isolated, that I felt alone, that wasn't accepted by their family because they were different. And, and if it wasn't their family, it was the world. And my client said one thing, and she's given me permission to share this, but I share it because it's really important. My client said to me that people would make comments about what she had on. And I remember this happening to me, not with my family, because they was all very creative when it came to dress and clothes. But when I would go into the office and I would wear different things and the ridicule I got from people in the office of, what's she wearing now? I mean, this was the day be days before Instagram where, you know, clothes is so celebrated now. But I remember being in a, you know, in a council and people like, what's she got on now? Like, oh my God, what is she wearing now? And, you know, the men commenting, commenting on, oh God, like, you look like this or whatever. Oh, my hair, you know, everybody looked like Whoopi Goldberg or Floella Benjamin, because that was the only black women on telly, you know. 
um, back in those days. But um, we didn't have Beyonce. Not to say they'll compare me to Beyonce, but you know what? Hey, I wonder if they do that with young black women these days. Mm. But anyway, I digress. But the ridicule of people of wearing certain things. Um, but also the choices, the career choices, when your family doesn't understand what you want to do. Here am I, a black woman in her 50s in the UK doing a podcast from my art studio. My dad said to me, he wanted me to be a doctor. I hate, you know, I did anatomy and physiology much later on. Or oh, why don't I work with computers? Hey, I work, this is on computer. But because that's all he knew. That's all my parents, get an office job, work to get your pension, to retire. We know that this is no longer how it is, that a lot of people had to give up their job because COVID and other stuff. But also having a good steady job has really helped a lot of people now they can retire really comfortably and, and live off their retirement and not have to struggle where some people that have been freelance have not prepared for retirement are suffering now. So there is no bad way of doing something, but it's just, I think, living a life that is has been ordained for you. And so I want to tie this back into why people procrastinate. In my experience, many artists and creatives and women that are really good at something, the reason why they do procrastinate is because there is an unreleased trauma. And we're releasing trauma daily, but there is a core unreleased trauma, what happened to them where they were ridiculed for being their self. So they feel exposing their self is unsafe. And I've said this many times in the podcast before, but being able to witness um, somebody shift and feel it in my body as they felt it in their body, the feeling of not feeling good enough and feeling that they don't belong in their body and, and seeing that being released from their body is so powerful. And I want to take a moment for you to think about all the times when you did something and it wasn't praised and when you wanted to do something and you wasn't supported by your caregivers or your surroundings, your partner, whoever, your best friends, you wasn't supported. And they said, why are you doing that for? You know, I remember people say, oh, black people don't do that. Black women don't do this. Black women don't go into training. I remember my old boss, like, why do you want to go into training? There's no money in training. I remember a cousin, a, a relative, why are you doing a boss? Why do you want to work for yourself? Just stay and do your job, hey? Um, and this, and how the this, how creatives are dismissed because they want to do something that is gonna enhance their life. And I do believe a lot of creatives would still, we call it side hustle. I don't believe it's a hustle. I believe your day job a lot of the time is a hustle. But I believe if people were accepted as a creative being, 
has different, has the baby swan, not the ugly duckling, or even the ugly duckling. I think a lot of people would still have a day job. I think that the swing from, you know, just leaving a job to being a, 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 a um, under-earning creative, I think that would happen so much. I think if people are, were accepted for what they what they were doing, I think people would either work part time or keep their nine to five because they're able to bring those skills, transfer those skills into both jobs. I think that would happen because a lot of people do. Like my client loves her day job or the job that she does, but she still wants to transfer to her own business, but she loves both. I think if people accepted more, then we would have a better, more um, intentional and more productive workforce, as opposed to people stealing hours at work to be online or to procrastinate at work. And when they get home to be exhausted, I believe the energy of procrastination, the reason why it's happening is because that script, that unhealed script of not being good enough, not fitting in, is still running the body system. And so it's in the body and every day the person gets up, they're fighting to suppress this feeling of not feeling good enough, of embarrassment, of shame, of sadness, and of grief because of that part of themselves that they are denying. And why do they deny it? Well, depends on your attachment style. If we've been in an insecure attachment, um, then most of us will want to keep in with the family to feel accepted. Um, because if we're successful, then we could be separated from the tribe and that desire to be accepted by our, our family and our tribe is Again, it's the reptilian brain and it's a condition as well. And it's our attachment style. So stepping out there means being, being left to us. These people ain't going to leave us. They're not going to abandon us. We see that so many times with people that are successful, the family actually has a better life from you being successful or from us being successful. I realize that with my own family, that the things I'm able to do with my family financially, which I wasn't able to do as enhanced all of us, you know, like my relation to them, feeling that I, I can have more boundaries and I can do things that I enjoy with them and I can just be me. And also for their children where they see their aunt being inspirational, um, and for them to be inspired, even my siblings, my older siblings said, I've been inspired by you. And many years ago, I felt like I, I was just a mess just doing different things. Well, now they're inspired by me showing up. And so the reason why we, we think that we can't show up and show out and do these things is because we feel we'll be abandoned. And... And also the second thing is, is that we held, hold those emotions in our body. And so what we try to do is we're so tight trying to keep those emotions in our body. Our body is starting to say no. And our body is telling us 
I'm not happy. You know, I'm tired. I'm trying to hold these feelings down. And every time I go to do work that I love, these feelings start coming up. And so rather than allow them space to be released safely, because everybody's level of safety and release of their trauma is, is um, specific to them. Um, so it's not just about rolling on the floor and doing some movement and you will release it. I do believe it needs to be done with care and with the right person doing that. Really important because you need relationship to release um, these feelings. And so this is why when people go to workshop, yes, they can release stuff, but sometimes you need that ongoing integration afterwards and that ongoing relationship to kind of support you through the grief that comes up after you, re you, you release a habit, a behavior or a way of being that you've been carrying for so long. And so I really think that um, it's important that you understand that all these, these things that we can do to overcome procrastination, they will only go so far. But if you're not showing up as much as you, you could do or should do or would do, then it's in really important to look deeply because you can post on Instagram as much as you want, but the algorithms, you know, you really have to get past the algorithms um but if you're not sharing anything and you're there one minute then you're there they're not there and then you're beating yourself up all you're doing to yourself is proving to yourself that it doesn't work and your brain will do everything everything it can everything it can to prove to you that these things are not going to work so your actions are actually your evidence and so when you post and then you don't post and you dip in and out that's just your relationship to social media and you don't have to just share on social media you can just be any any other place and showing up but people follow this platform that it's just social media I use social media but I also do other things and so you will know what it is. With my client, she thought it was social media and she kept saying it's social media. It was not social media. The reason being is because a lot of the achievements that she had, she didn't just need, she didn't just have to share it on social media. Well, Instagram, she could have shared it on other platforms. But also, and another clue is, is people say, I need to get a blog together. I need to get a blog together. It's not just a blog. It's a, it's a portfolio of your achievements. So if somebody does want to work with you, you can direct them. You need the digital footprint. So you can direct them to, even if it's a website or a blog, there should be evidence of what you've done. Even if it's a Google Doc that you've put all your achievements in or what you've done, so people can see what you've done. And these real, real clues of what, of, of how you know that you're not, um, that your the procrastination is deeper. So it's not just, oh, I need to do this. 
um, thing. I'm silly. I should have done it. I need to. I really need to get myself together. It's that's that talk is really interesting, but it's actually what am I afraid of, and how can I move through this? Um, and I do believe if you find yourself procrastination, procrastinating and you're not moving forward in your passion project, your business, and I speak to those of you who've got a nine to five and you have money coming in, um, as well as those of you that are in business. But I think the motivation of having to pay your bills kind of propels a lot of people in business. So that's not my audience. My audience are people in business that are already doing it. But those of you who are got a job, you know, you've got a, a paid job. Um, you're already being taken, you're already taken care of financially. I want you to think about um, that story of, oh, I should do it and I should have done it by now. And maybe ask yourself, I need help, but maybe not help in the business. I need help around why I find it so scary or why there's this, this wall here. I need support why this wall is here and I need to know how to get through it. What emotion what thought is trapped unconsciously inside of me that I need to work through? How can I support that part of me that feels really scared? How can I support that part of me to work through this, this feeling of unworthiness or this feeling of shame? or this feeling of not being good enough, the ugly duckling syndrome. How can I get support to go through it? And what I will say is, is that people come to me and I have minimum, you know, 12 sessions, well, three months is a minimum to work with me. Sometimes I do like one-off strategy sessions. For, for, for a situation like this, it doesn't work because I do think that some people gather information and they just gather information, they don't implement it. So if, if you've got a problem with procrastination, this is not gonna help. But what I find is with the three months, I had a client and that's a minimum because you're just scratching the surface. And what I found with my client before and clients that I've had, the first three months is the emotional work. So they come to work on their business. And what we do, we come to work on their business, but we come to work on what is stopping their business from just excelling. Or if they want to get a promotion or they want to get a job, we work with what is going on, what is the blocks to get in there. Like with my client I spoke about at the beginning of this podcast, it was a month, maybe two months, the third month, if all hell broke loose, all these opportunities came flooding in. And I think that sometimes when a client has an urgency of, I've spent this money, I need to do this now, they're not 
giving themselves the time and respect that this process takes and the, the, the some people say, yeah, we can quantum it away and it can be done in a minute. That's if you're at a certain level already, I believe. But I believe if you're dealing with deep trauma, sometimes it can take as long as it needs to take. Sometimes it can take three months because what happens is, what I find with certain clients is layers. So the first layer is the, okay, I'll just put, pop my head over and just get in touch with a little bit of this trauma or this pain because it's not emotionally safe for me to release it all at once. And from what I've learned from my trauma training with the Safe Space Institute, that we don't want to flood the nervous system. Because if we flood the nervous system, we, it can re-traumatize us. So our body's quite clever and we, as practitioners, need to make sure that we're not flooding a client and going all straight in because it just can do more harm than good. And this is why you need to be really discerning when you're choosing someone to work with so you know sometimes the first month can be just popping your head over the wall and seeing what's going on then the second month can be that and in the past where I've not been I've not been aware of the the, the depth of trauma informed practice I've just let the client switch and swap and change you know and well with my own trauma responses like I need to people please to make sure this client's getting her result because she's come here to work on her business and therefore she needs to see that there's some results in a bit and I've got to do this I've got to be this badass coach now I've got the training I've got I'm bringing the client back to a level of actually you said you're going to do this why isn't it not done? Let's look at that. And even if it's every session we're doing that, two things will happen. The, I will not, no longer be in a place of, I'm trying to people please the client. I'm stepping back into a place of holding space. And so while I'm holding space, I'm creating more safety. So what the client is doing, they're realizing every week they feel that they're not moving forward but they're realizing or they're getting to know an aspect of their self. They're starting to see their self rather than putting their, their power outside of themselves, like i.e. onto me or the coaching, they're realizing, why am I not doing this? Oh, why am I not? So they start to be build more compassion towards their self because they're realizing they're not getting the results. Because we're looking at all the areas, what's not working. And so we're not meeting it with more productivity hacks, more this. We're looking at why it's not working. And that could be every week. And so a beautiful thing starts to happen where the client is realizing these sessions are, are coming towards the end and I'm not doing this. And then their wise intelligence is starting to kick in. And they're starting to marry that up with other aspects of their life. But they're no longer in that blame. They're no longer seeing time wasting. They're seeing a light at the end of the tunnel of, why am I doing this? They're actually becoming conscious 
of the dynamics. So they're seeing, imagine the Wizard of Oz and you've got the little wizard behind the scene. They're seeing their wizard and or their inner child or their inner saboteur. And they're seeing why he or she or they are doing that, why they are sabotaging them because they're giving that saboteur space to speak up and to say why it's happening. And when they give themselves that space and compassion, the truth comes up and they can finally give themselves that attention and they can listen to that part of themselves and they can support that part of themselves. And that part feels heard, and that part can finally release that emotion so they can be healed. And it's such a precious moment that it's not something that can be rushed because what the individual has done is that they've built they've built trust with their inner self and they've learned how to have a compassionate relationship with their self and I would say this is the most important work I've done is holding space for people and allowing them to create a relationship with their self and by Doing that with myself, I'm able to do it with other people. I was the original ugly duckling. And as a swan, I feel in a place of privilege to be working with people. And so I've come to the natural end of this podcast. And I really feel that this whole self-compassion is a journey and it's not a get well quick um, cure or end all um, modality. It's a relationship that you build with yourself. And I want you to treat your procrastination, sorry, the sun, um, as a gift that is showing you what you need to heal and release from your life. And with that, I hope that you have an amazing week and weekend. And like, subscribe. If you're on YouTube, make a comment. If you're on Spotify, rate this show or Apple Apple Music or Apple Podcasts. Um, And join the maiden list. And if you want to work with me, I'll put all the information on the show notes. And have a wonderful rest of the day. Bye for now. If you want to be part of an incubator of some amazing creative women, then you need to join the highly capable creative one-to-one program with me. To join, you can just contact me at www.mjfontaine.co.uk and book a sales call with me to join this amazing six-month program where we get to work on your creative business. We also get to work clearing your blocks, 
and also bringing that confidence up to a hundred so you can stand in your agency and live your best life.